0: Jonathan Nato, and I'm in Putnam, Connecticut.
1: Hey, everybody. My name is Hamad Zaidi, and I am in the beach cities in California, specifically Redondo Beach.
0: And this is Limping on Cloud Nine.
1: Yep. Hey, man. Today, I want to talk about something you just brought up just off the air. You asked me about a teacher that affected me. Mm. So this one will be quick, but I want to do uh, four teachers that affected me. Is that cool? Yeah. First starting out with, and you know how you have these nightmares of certain teachers, right? Yeah. (laughs) This is one of those, the first one. Man, I had a teacher, Mrs. Webb, in fifth grade Mm. growing up, Mm. who I thought liked me a lot. She's always super, super, super nice. And I remember, can I share this with you?
0: Yeah.
1: Dude, we were doing reading comprehension, And we had to read, like, a story and then answer questions.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Discard me so damn much, I still remember the story and the (laughs) questions. I'm serious, man. It was about a field mouse or a groundhog or something, right? Yeah. And you read about it, about its habitat, about certain things. And what happened is at the end of reading it, we had to answer these questions. And one of the questions was... What does a groundhog stand on? Okay. Dude, I could not get it. I could. What do you think the answer is? The ground? Okay. <laughs> I couldn't get it. The answer is actually its hind legs.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Which
1: is in the paragraph. Yeah. And then I read it, and Mrs. Webb's like, Come on, what does a gra- groundhog stand on? I'm like, the ground? I don't know. And then she's like, read it again! And, again, if this were individual stuff, I'd be okay with it. But this was in front of the uh, right. in front of the class.
0: Right, right.
1: So she's making fun of me in front of the class, right? right? And then she goes, you need to read it again. Then I read it again, a couple paragraphs. She went to a couple other kids, came back to me. What does the groundhog stand on? I'm like, grass. And she's like, read it again. <laughs> and every time she makes me read it again, she's getting angrier at me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So every time I read it again, I'm getting more scared. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm starting to freak out. Like, oh, my God, I can't miss it three times in a row. And so I read it again. She goes to a couple more students. She comes back to me. Hey, Hamad, what does a groundhog stand on? And I'm like, sticks?
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: She got so mad. Really mad. She ran to my desk. Picked up my workbook, and I'm not saying it wasn't like a big, big, thick book, but it was like a thick workbook.
0: Yeah.
1: Picked up my workbook, Johnson, and she slammed me over the head with it.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Hit me in the head with it, right? And as she's hitting me, she hit me once, not not more than once, but she hit me in the head with a book, hard. (laughs) And as she's hitting me in the head with a book, she's saying, it's hind legs, right? Oh, my goodness. I was so embarrassed, yeah, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Because here I am, all my good friends, I, I got along with everybody. Yeah. They're all making fun of me, right? Because they know that I'm comfortable with my disability. I'm cool with it. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. But now they had something else to make fun of me about. And that hind legs joke like ran for the rest of the year. Oh, man. Right? So what happened is I go home to, and I'm freaked out. And I tell my dad, I'm like, Mrs. Webb hit me in the head with a book, right? Yeah. I tried so hard to put that scene in the limping on cloud nine script, but there's really no place for it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? Dude, he ran. He literally ran to school. Our school was like four blocks away, so it's not like 10 miles. Yeah. But he ran to school, went into the principal's office, you know, walk straight in, demanded to see the principal, and just chewed him out for twenty minutes. No kidding, just screamed at him. And my dad, a super quiet guy. Yeah, as you I was know. gonna
0: say that that that's uh, he he reached his boiling point point, it sounds like
1: yeah, and he's like, "Don't you ever hit my son!" Right yeah. today, that teacher would be fired because oh, totally. it'd be all over. Totally. It would be all over the internet. Absolutely, right? It'd be on Twitter. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's – do you have one? Because I have three Man, more, I, but do you I, have one that you remember? This
0: wasn't per, me, for me personally, but you telling that story, made, I just – I could see. It. So in, in, this is in seventh grade. So we had this teacher, Mr. Skopak. He was the high school football coach, but he was the uh, a science teacher in seventh grade. And so we are doing, like, conversions. I don't – like, we're, you know, from leaders to this or courts to that, you know, whatever. Like, we're just going over all the different conversions and there's this one. I won't say this poor girl's name, but so there's come this, on, dude. Say her first name. Her Sarah, first so Sarah, okay. Sarah sitting in class, and we're he's he's at you know going going down the rows like, hey, how many of this is in this? And you know everyone would answer it. And so he goes to Sarah, hey, how many of these are in this? And she's like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. And he's like, okay. He's like, what's four divided by one? And she's like. Uh I, uh, yeah, and she's like, I, I don't know, I don't know, and he's like, Sarah, what's four divided by one? And he, and she's still like, uh. he's like, okay, okay. It, so she's still like a deer caught in the head like you know, she's like, now she's feeling the pressure, she's getting pointed out, and and he's like, that right. sucks, man. He, he's like, Wait, go right. ahead, go. He's like, Sarah, how many of these go into these? And she's just like. I, 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 and she she's like saying random stuff, right? He's starting to get mad. <clears throat> he's like, Sarah, how many of these go into these? And he's just, he's, you know, at this point, he's like, I can't even believe I'm having this conversation, right? <laughs> and she's like, I, I really don't know. I'm not sure. And so he's like, Sarah, what is, f-? And so now he's like yelling. He's like, what is four divided by one? And she goes, I can't do long division. And he goes, long division? And he, he, <laughs> he, he's, he says something that I won't repeat. He uses Jesus's name in vain, throws his chalk across the room, and was just like – and like walked out of the classroom because he had to cool off. Everyone was laughing so hard because he, he was just like, long division. Like he couldn't even believe she said that. He was like <laughs>
1: – Man, that's funny. You know you know what that reminds me of? And this isn't one of the other three, but I'll just insert this super quick. I was teaching a class at Chapman University. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I taught there for a year and a half in the late 90s. Yeah in the film school. And during one of my lectures, I made reference to the Beatles. Right. Mm. And somebody, I made two or three references to the Beatles. And, and one of the students raised their hand and they go, you know, Mr. Zadie, what's the Beatles? And I wasn't, I was like floored. I'm like, what are you kidding me? If you lived under a rock, how do you not know who the Beatles are? And this person got really, you know, embarrassed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, of course, they, they actually did something about it. They contacted the department. And, the, and, and I, of course, I apologize to the kid. And I didn't realize that there are maybe some 19 or 20 year olds that have never heard of the Beatles. Yeah. Right? But I'm like, how do you not? And I remember me, I wasn't trying to be mean at all. Yeah. But I remember. How I was just so blown away. Like this teacher that you're talking about was probably just sitting there thinking, how do you, a two-year-old or four-year-old knows what four divided by one is? Yeah, yeah. How do you not know? You're in seventh grade. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. But usually when you get scared, your mind shuts off. Well, yeah. Right?
0: That—that's You could tell that's what happened to her. Because, you know, after the second, third time of him asking her, she was just like, ah, uh. You know, and she, she just didn't know what to say at that point, you know.
1: You, you know, I just imagine her sitting on a kitchen table with her own child. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And her kid's like, Mommy, what's four divided by one? And she's like, ask your father. I'm leaving. <laughs> exactly. Ask your dad. <laughs>
0: exactly. I'm emotionally scarred by four divided by one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so let me jump in real quick and tell you f- a few more quick ones. In ninth grade, I had a teacher whom I'll never forget. A good. This is a good one. His name was Mr. Belshi. Mm. What I remember about him is he had an enormous belt buckle. I mean like an oversized big belt buckle. Yeah. And it said Jesus is Lord on it. Mm. That's what I remember the most about mm. that guy. Mm. And I remember what he looked like. Big guy, big beard. And he taught this math class. And it was like the, uh, you know, the lower grade math, like the lower level math. Yeah that I was in, and I kept acing it, right? And he kept on telling me, Ahmad, you're not challenging yourself. This is too easy for you. You need to go on to the higher math class. Yeah. And, dude, I was too lazy. I'm like, nah, I'd rather get an A in yours than <laughs> <this> tr- <laughs> with somebody else's. But I remember all year long, Mr. Belshi kept telling me, this you're not challenging yourself this is really too easy for you right yeah but I remember the positivity I felt from that guy because he kept on telling me that I was good at something
0: right yeah you know yeah
1: which is in direct contrast to mrs webb who beat me over the head with a book exactly <laughs> right so those are my first two the other two are both quick but they're both in college. Um. The first film class I ever took, ever, and we t- this was its own podcast, so I'll be really quick. The first film class I ever took was at Austin Community College, mm. from who's now a dear friend of mine, but back then was my professor, Chale Nafis. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I remember getting an A in his class and having him say, you kind of have a knack for this. You should really focus on this. And that was the first time it was a film class. So that was a, the first time that I had somebody who wasn't my family member or wasn't a close friend that said, You have a knack for this. You might want to do this for a living. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that was the third. And the fourth was, of course, Dr. Howard Suber, who was the, my mentor and my, God, my awesome friend, who. Um, let me into... He's the one that interviewed me to get me into UCLA. Okay. And then he was my mentor at UCLA Film School and my favorite professor and I took every class he offered at the time I was there. Nice. So those were the four that really shaped me. But it's funny that you asked about that because I wanted to be fair so I gave you, you know, three positive ones that really affected me. Yeah. Right? And one negative one. And... Here's what's interesting. I'm sure Mrs. Webb was not a horrible person. And I don't know what was going on in her life the day that she decided to hit me over the head.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: So, remember, it was Kansas in the 70s. Right. It was like 99.9% white Caucasian friends all around me.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I don't know if part of it was she didn't know how to deal with people that weren't, you know, white. Right. Everybody else was. Right, right. And I'm not trying to make that the issue, but I'm just throwing out that that may have been part of. Yeah, yeah. That's the incident. Or the fact that all that was, all these stories I'm sharing were all around the time that Iran had 32 Americans hostage. Yeah. So I don't know. And of course, if I asked her today, she'd be like, oh, that had nothing to do with it. But maybe it did, maybe it didn't.
0: Yeah, subconsciously or something.
1: Hey, this one was supposed to be fun ones, right? I, want, I don't want to take it down a dark path. <laughs> but I just wanted to talk about getting head, over the head with a book as a kid. <laughs> but that's my story for today.
0: Nice. Perfect. Yeah, I don't really have I, – I don't think I really had any I, – well, I, he, this guy wasn't a teacher per se. He was my like paraprofessional, the person that was with me in high school after I lost my sight. His name was Mark. He, was, he affected me the most, I think, out of really teachers or anything. He just, I don't know, he was like the perfect guy to be with me once I, after I lost my sight.
1: Um, now, let me tell you this. Uh, you've talked about Mark before, so for the people who haven't heard that episode, can you just quickly start with how your mother interviewed people yeah. to be with you after you lost your sight?
0: Yeah, she wanted to have kind of a say of, you know, who was going to work with me. And so they, they allowed her to kind of be in the interview process. And she asked, I mean, her main question was like, well, what do you think my son, you know, is capable of doing or whatever? And, you know, I guess one guy answered like, well, I'll have to meet him first and find out or whatever. And But Mark just said, well, you know, because I guess my mom kind of told him a little bit about me or whatever. And Mark just said, well, it sounds like you can do whatever he wants. And so she was like, you're hired.
1: So. Yeah. And, and you know what? Here's what's interesting. If your mom didn't create that situation where Mark became the person to work with you, mm. you could become a very different person than you are now. That's true. Totally. Yeah. Right. Because of all the stuff that I make fun of, uh, my, my family and myself, mainly myself. The one thing that I'll say that I loved about my parents, but especially my mom, since my mom is com- still is completely outspoken, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Is she never let me, she never cut me any slack.
0: Yeah.
1: Ever. Yeah. Right? Even today, she almost, she only listens to every, uh, not even every other. She doesn't listen to these podcasts as much as a mother of a son that does this shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> And I'm like, Mom, do you hear what I did? And she'll always ask about what you and I are doing. Yeah. She'll always say, what did you and Jonathan talk about? And I, I'll say the topic. Like I told her, hey, we talked about 7-Eleven and growing up there when you managed it. And she'd be like, oh, that's nice. And I'm like, Mom, you, you're, not, you're not listening to them, are you? And she goes, no, of course not, because you're not disabled. And I'm like, <laughs> but I am. And she goes, maybe physically, but I didn't raise you to be a disabled kid, so I'm not going to listen to a disabled podcast.
0: That's funny. Right? Yeah.
1: And that's her whole thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And her whole thing is, hey, listen, I raised you to make yourself as normal as possible.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I keep trying to tell her, I go, well, kind of the point of the podcast, Jonathan and I do, is to tell people how normal we actually are.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're
1: not victimizing ourselves.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And she's like, no, you're not disabled at all. I have no need to, like, follow this, right? Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Mark, Mark was just, like, the the ideal person for me in that point in time in my life. So.
1: Well, you know, we did a podcast, and I'll close on this. We, You and I did a podcast last year about my time at the Crippled Children's Center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for those of you cringing, that... Is the name of it, or was the name of it. The Crippled Children's Center at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. Man. Right? In the 70s. But there's a kid in a wheelchair that I always called Dan on Wheels. Right? Because his yeah. name was Dan. Yeah. Right? And I used to hold the, it was kind of a running joke, but I held the land speed record at the Crippled <laughs> Children's yeah. Center until I raised him. And he kicked my ass, of course, because, A, he was a bigger kid than me, much stronger. And, B, he was in a wheelchair, so he had wheels. I was racing against wheels. Right. Right? And I remember when he kicked my ass in a race. uh, You know, when I say race, I mean, like, 12 feet. Right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Not, like, a mile. Right. So when he beat me in a, a race, he's trying to rub it in. And I said, Dan, dude, you have wheels, right? Yeah. And I remember him saying, and I did put the scene in, in the script, but I remember him saying, hey, loser, my wheels are my legs, so it counts.
0: Nice. Right? Yeah. And I'm
1: like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Your wheels are your legs. Mm-hmm. That's how people see him.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Right? So... Anyway, that's what I wanted to share, my friend.
0: Awesome. So you can find us on limpingandcloud9.com and Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, every other podcast app that's available on any mobile device. And uh, also check out LonelySealFilmFestival.com and Hamad, how can they get a hold of us?
1: Oh, man, I almost want to give my cell phone number out so I don't have to keep on talking about the (laughs) email. But the email is info at limpingoncloud9.com. That's info at limpingoncloud9.com, and that is the number nine.
0: And everyone, thank you for listening and downloading. We'll talk to you next episode. See ya.